Figured I started off with a beatbox. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 21 of Not Rocket Science Podcast with me, Sean Cully. Wow, 21. Legal adult, this podcast is now. You can do all the things. All the things. Man, 21 episodes down. Or 20 episodes down. Soon to be 21. Cool beans. Hope everyone's doing well. I'm doing okay. Looks like the weather has finally shifted and it's going back to crapola here in New York City. It has been raining and chilly all weekend. It's like barely 60 degrees outside. I have not gone outside today. It is Sunday. This podcast is going out Monday. So I've gone out maybe three times this entire weekend, all on Saturday nothing today i had my window open because we stopped using the ac this weekend and it's been freezing in here very different than most of these podcasts usually at least in the past i don't know four months or so whenever i record one of these i feel like i'm in a sauna sweating my bowels off it's so hot in here because i turned the fan off turn the ac off i close the door um it's basically just a big sweat box but now it is chilly and cool and it actually feels kind of nice because i'm usually sweating by the time i set everything up let alone hit that red record button so here we are now hope you guys are doing well um lots going on the past week in the world of tech culture etc um maybe we'll just get right into it so last episode i kind of threw out the idea of this episode episode 21 kind of having a theme around it now when i meant theme i didn't really mean like the whole episode i'm just talking about one thing which i did early early on with like supreme i think in a couple other episodes a couple other episodes jesus man finished puberty already um but i will talk at length about one topic today and that topic is the emerging world of artificial intelligence driven music 
AI music, music that a computer creates for you. Um, it's kind of this emerging market in the music industry and in the tech industry, and I've had some experience with it, which I'll get to a little bit later. Um, I've been seeing a lot of articles on the on the topic now, so I think it's becoming less and less underground and um, starting to present itself more and more into mainstream tech. So I figured I would weigh in on that because it is an interesting topic. It covers culture, it covers technology, and it covers the future of how all these mediums live together and what that means for consumers, creators, etc. So I'm going to riff on that a little bit, but first I figure we'd go through some current events, what's going on, weekly rundown of the latest. Um, now, I'm a fan of podcasts, obviously. I listen to them when I can. I try to listen to too many because sometimes you get hooked on this idea when you listen to podcasts that you're like learning so much. But I noticed when I listen to too many podcasts, um, I tend to not retain as much from those podcasts. Like if you were to quiz me on what I learned in any of them or what I remember, if it's more of a comedic thing, not a whole lot in most cases when I listen to too many. So I try to listen to less per week but pay more attention and not just have them on to fill noise in the background. Um, but anyway, that's just a total rant, totally off subject to what I was going to talk about, which is the, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but on the Joe Rogan podcast, they had Elon Musk on. And uh, due to that podcast, Tesla's stock subsequently fallen by 9% because Elon smoked, I believe it was a spliff, like a blunted spliff. So what that means is I think they had a blunt wrap and they mixed tobacco and weed. Because generally when you smoke a spliff, it's with rolling papers and it's a tobacco-weed combo. When you smoke a blunt, at least on the East Coast where I grew up, generally when people smoke blunts, it's just weed in a, in a cigar, like a uh, like a Dutch master or something like that. But I think they mix tobacco and weed into a blunt. And Elon very, very, very lightly puffed, obviously didn't inhale, made a hilarious face that went viral. And the whole ordeal ended up with Tesla's stock dropping 9%. Now, first of all, that meme is hilarious. And someone made a mural somewhere of it, I remember seeing. Um, that face was so fucking weird. Like, I don't know what it is with these tech guys, man. But when it comes to just regular social interactions, Jesus. Like, I remember... Um, Earlier this year when Mark Zuckerberg had those hearings with the water, that was worse. This wasn't that bad. Honestly, the thing to me that was the weirdest about the Elon Musk podcast was just how unnatural Elon Musk sounded on that thing. Because I listened to probably like 40 minutes of it, and I wasn't watching it on YouTube or anything. I was just watching. I was just listening to it on, on a podcast app. And just the back and forth between Joe Rogan and Elon Musk sounded so unnatural. 
Like Elon Musk took such large pauses between everything he said, at least in the first 40 minutes. And that's something that when you interview um, for jobs or give speeches um, or run like internal workshops, you're told to not do what I do on this podcast all the time, which is going, um, like, uh, and you're meant to just be silent because it builds the anticipation of what you're about to say and it gives you time to think about what you're going to say. So that's a very common tactic in business, public speaking, things like that. But in a podcast, it just feels so unnatural and awkward and like i just had a hard time listening to the whole thing to be honest he was also being really weird in his answers it felt like he was kind of trolling a little bit and then some of his answers he would do the thing where he gives you just kind of like a two-word summary of what he's gonna say and then pauses again and then gives more context and I don't know, the whole thing just felt super, super weird. And I'm like, okay, why? Why are these guys so stereotypically awkward? Because I've worked with so many tech guys, engineers, developers that are not like this. And it's like, why do, why do the two that have to have the highest profile have to be the most awkward? I don't get it. Although this one was particularly weird because I've seen Elon Musk in interviews before and he usually is a little bit smoother. Um... But I've mentioned recently on another podcast, I think he's going through something. Uh, I, I really do. I think there's some midlife crisis action going on at this point in the game with him. Uh, his character is just deviating too much from what it normally has been for the past 10 years he's been in the spotlight or whatever it is. Um, but those memes, man, those memes were hilarious. I like the fit. My favorite one that I saw was some dude on Twitter. Chris Spaggs, eh, he has a blue check, so he must be somebody, actually. He <laughs> he tweeted uh, about the face Elon Musk made. He's like, Elon Musk took one hit of weed and his face turned into a cartoon villain tying a woman to railroad tracks. <laughs> that was just so spot on, because that's exactly what he looks like. Because he, he does the rock people's eyebrow, and then he does this like weird thing with his mouth where he kind of like puckers his whole mouth up a bit. But he looks like a 40s, he looks almost like the penguin from Batman in the cartoon version, not the Danny DeVito version. He looks like he's about to confess to, like, killing someone. Like, nah, she, I killed her. She was too much of a risk. She knew too much. Like, that's, <laughs> that's his smoking weed face, which is pretty funny. Um, who would have knew? I think he actually holds that pose for, like, a split second in reality. I remember seeing that clip on YouTube, and he holds that, and then he just kind of, he's like making a face like, no big deal, but the internet don't play games, and they will screenshot every split second if there's a moment of opportunity, so that's what we saw there, but with the Tesla stock dropping, I'm like, Jesus Christ, how many fucking squares do we have on Wall Street as shareholders at this point, like, certain people i'm sorry but just the old guard just needs to change its ways at this point or just just fucking fucking die i mean hate to say it hate to say it but we have a generation of people who are so brainwashed 
at this stage in the game that they are a liability to the prosperity of mankind at this point. I'm at that point now. These like Jeff Sessions motherfuckers, people like that, they're just holding the country back. The only reason weed's illegal in the first place is because of a propaganda campaign by William Randolph Hearst because his papers were built on one paper, his competitors' papers were built on hemp and they're more effective, and there was this whole uh, marijuana thing happening in Mexico, and Mexican people, he could typecast as scary and launch the whole Reefer Madness campaign, and it went to Congress, and nobody even knew the difference between smoking marijuana and hemp plants at the time, and they made the law the wrong way the first time, and it was just a mess. But all these people are brainwashed on things that are not true. And look, look, look. I don't really smoke weed that much anymore. I uh, don't really think smoking weed as a daily habit is a positive thing. I've done it at times and felt just not as good with my memory. Um, I don't think it lends itself to having the healthiest of lifestyles. But... Occasionally smoking weed here and there, or smoking it every day if if, if you're the type that um, that can roll with it. I don't think anyone has any merit to say that that's wrong, particularly in a country where alcohol is legal and a lot of shitty food that's way more detrimental to your health is le- is legal. Um, cigarettes are legal only due to lobbyists. Like the whole thing's crooked and logically doesn't make any sense any way you slice it so to get up in arms about somebody smoking a joint on a podcast or a blunt i should say on a podcast in 2018 is absurd and these people just gotta go um it should not affect stock prices it's fucking ridiculous unless or elon musk he is trying to privatize tesla he hates the fact that it's shared publicly and the only reason he did it in the first place is because he was in a financial position where he had to so maybe he's trying to just sabotage his own stock so he can buy it back and privatize tesla again even though the company's worth less you know maybe that's a gamble he's willing to take or he's going through a midlife crisis who knows but it's pretty funny um the way the world works these days where one of the biggest CEOs in the world can go on a podcast, smoke a joint, and have his stock price plummet and make a funny face that goes viral. This is very different than uh, the Internet 1.0 days, to say the least. So anyway, that's what's going on with Elon Musk. I feel like I talk about Elon Musk every episode now, which I think might validate my theory of him going through a midlife crisis. Um, also, I think just yesterday, Kanye West teases upcoming Watch the Throne 2. That's a that's a surprise out of left field, because from what I understood, they were beefing pretty heavy for a long-ass time on both sides of the coin. And I thought Jay-Z just was fed up with Kanye and just didn't want to work with him anymore. Also, Drake and Meek Mill officially on their beef. Good to see. I'm just going through headlines right now, just scanning. Last night at Drake's concert, he did his um, shine like this to rhyme like that and shine like this, whatever that song is. I used to have to play that song in the nightclub that I worked at like five years ago. 
every hip hop night and the DJ every hip hop night would start giving me lighting direction because <laughs> I did the lights and the and the uh, TVs and the sound and everything. Oh, dreams, dreams and nightmares. That's the song. I was having a brain fart. Um, and yeah, every time there was a hip hop night at that club, I'd always have to turn the lights totally off. And then when the bass kicks in, I'd have to like turn the strobes on and like red, uh, gobo lights. And, uh, man, I had DJ Clue tell me to do that. And then I had this local guy who was kind of like the main hip hop night DJ, Cali Cal. He would tell me to do that. This Jersey DJ Big O, he told me to do that one time. He's pretty big in like the Jersey club scene. And, uh, you know, you can say what you want about Meek Mill, whether you like him or not. But that song is kind of old now. I think it came out in like 2013 or something. And it still works in the club. Everyone loves it. Still to this day. So, shout out to Meek Mill. That beef is squashed. Good for them. Um... Anything else going on before I get into this main thing we got going on here? Oh, and Trump keeps bugging Apple to make products domestically. Still, I don't get this. Like, the idea of outsourcing to other countries is a very conservative idea. It's a very conservative principle. Apple outsources its products to be made in other countries in Asia because it's cheaper and it's better for business. So this idea of like limiting businesses, um, limiting businesses' freedom to make products wherever they want, and enforcing it to be in the United States, which he's not doing. He's just he's just bugging them, saying that they should be. But the point is, is you're going against your own party when you say that because um, the whole outsourcing thing escalated in the Reagan era. So a uh, little hypocritical there, Mr. Trump. Um, is that it? Google this week turns 20. That's crazy. I remember back in the day when Google was like the new hot shit and everyone else was still using Yahoo. When I was a late adopter to Google... I did not like their search results for a long time. I preferred Yahoo, and I was a slow adapter to Google. Yahoo had to get really crappy for me to move. And I still have my Yahoo email. Still to this day, ride or die Yahoo user, even though I have Gmail now, and that's my main email. But Corvette1221 at Yahoo.com, what up? It's mostly just a backup trash account now so i don't care if people email me on it but yeah corvette 1221 corvette was my favorite car when i was 11 12 is my birthday 21 is just my birthday backwards and that's it i wanted to be corvette 12 but that was taken so then i was just like all right well 21 is easy to remember it's backwards if you really were caring about the origins of my first ever email address um but yeah google's 20 Came a long way. I did not like the original logo of the Google. It looked so cheap to me, I remember. I still remember being in a computer lab in like 7th or 6th grade seeing it and being like, Ew, Google, that's weird. It looks weird. I think just the um, 
the multicolored letters and everything with the font just made it look very kind of like cheap and toy-like and i'm like i'm doing web stuff like an adult i don't want toy google shit you know yahoo had more going on i had yahoo news so it made me feel more like an adult in those early days i guess um anyway ai music let's get into it so like i always do I'm a pretty big Verge reader. I read The Verge a lot. It is a tech blog, but it's not like a it's not like TechCrunch. It's more culture and tech and trying to predict the future, which was the original origins of this podcast. Um, I wanted to kind of do the same thing, but in a personal way with my words and recordings, not text. Uh, although words are on text too so that doesn't make any fucking sense anyway I was on the verge and they had a video of this girl who's a music artist I guess she was on American Idol or something and now she's one of these big YouTube singers Um, there was a video about her talking about on her latest album she used an AI music tool to collaborate on demos and everything and get her ideas going and uh helped her make her album and the software is called amper music and i was interested and intrigued by this because i know amper music i've used amper music and i even interviewed at amper music i actually made it to the second round of interviewing with them and uh my second interview with Amper Music was with the CEO, and all it really was was like a very, very, very basic meet and greet type of thing. And I talked a little bit about like my background, not in depth at all, just kind of like my work history. And then he had to leave, and I could tell the entire time I was talking to him, he was like, only half listening because and then at the end of the interview he kind of confessed to me like it was like the biggest sales call of the company's life at that point um or a a very big one was happening right after i was talking to him so his mind was totally occupied on that and focused elsewhere and uh yeah i got no follow-up after that so i think Maybe I sucked. Maybe I wasn't a good interview or something, but I think uh, a lot of it had to do with timing and the fact that he had he he was just squeezing me in to squeeze me in and had no real uh, interest in me at that point in time. I mean, they were hiring for a job too, but that I was applying for, but at the same time I felt like they just had that role out there and were looking for the right person at any time. It wasn't like an immediate need to fill. So they're probably just taking their time with it forgot about me um bad timing maybe a bad interview but i felt like i did a good job explaining myself i don't know but uh yeah i've been to their office i've talked to one of their engineering heads i've used their product given them some basic feedback on their product and this was this was over a year ago at this point this maybe like a year and a half ago maybe maybe even closer to two years ago now um but anyway, it was just funny seeing this thing, and it was a company that I was very familiar with. They also tried to hire a buddy of mine who's a really good engineer, but he didn't take it. Um, it was interesting watching this video because she was explaining how she uses it, 
and I know how what that company wants it to be, and I also know all the other players in the game. And the thing that Amper did that was really smart out of the out of the gate was to make it front end user friendly. Um, they have a user interface that is very much so uh, not too dissimilar to something like Spotify or uh, a very easy music digital audio workstation like a uh, garage band or something like that it's very easy and it's so easy you just hit play basically you pick the genre you want you pick i think the key you want your music to be in and then you pick like the emotional feel and you hit play and it generates something for you it's super simple um and she was saying how she was basically using it as a demo and tweaking things and using it as a tool slash collaborator because it's not just a tool that she uses it outputs something and then she weighs in on whether she wants to use it or not or tweak it or whatever um and then they showed a clip of the original demo from amber music and then they showed a final product that is like her single and they also talked about why she likes amper because it's so user-friendly and not like an ibm watson ai music platform that you basically have to like download off of github and you need to have some coding knowledge to understand what's going on and how to even work it and yada 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 those will never work you need to have a friendly ui in 2018 to do anything and amper was the first to market with a friendly ui um overall when it comes to ai music i'm so i've been torn on this for so long because on one hand, a lot of people are like, eh, it disrupts the artistry, blah, 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 blah. It's impure, you know. It's And to that shit, I'm like, whatever. Because to me, I don't look at Amber Music as just a tool for creators uh, who are musicians or producers or whatever. I And I know part of what Amber is trying to do is be a tool for companies and youtubers vloggers you know casey neistat types people like that who uh need music for their content but don't want to deal with you know legal issues and they also want better options than the stupid can music that a lot of sites have or the sites that have free uh royalty free music that sounds good but there's so few of those that you wind up using the same beats that another big vlogger uses and everyone kind of uses the exact same thing, Um, which I've seen a lot on YouTube videos. I've seen the same beats pop up over and over and over and over again. So I think it is a real solution for that, uh, conceptually speaking. I think there is a need for canned music that is background for video content um, for both creators on platforms like youtube and brands um who have digital content videos you know multimedia etc as a way to get this music onto their content in a very cheap way now one issue that's kind of interesting is that i know amper does not give their music to you for free they license it to you but they are the proprietary owners of all of it so I wonder how that works when it comes to an album release. Because um, as a music tool collaborator, I think one of the main benefits is you get potentially a 
piece of music you can use sample whatever without having to give licensing credit and fees to the original artists so if you sample or reinterpret some obscure record from the 70s you have to pay them and get the sample cleared and the publishing and all that and i feel like this could be a potential solution to do away with that but if amber's keeping um ownership of all the music that you generate on their platform and only license it to you i'm assuming the licensing's free but if let's say kanye west tried to do this I question whether Amper would let him use their music on their tool for free as part of Kanye West's latest single. I feel like from a business standpoint, it wouldn't make sense to let him just put it out there, but maybe it's in their ethos or whatever where it doesn't matter if you're a no-name or Kanye West, it's the same standard. Um, So if that's the case and it's just licensing, but in reality there's no uh, licensing fees he has to pay for to make something on Amper his hit single then that's pretty cool um i do have some issues with these plot with both amper and ibm watson and some of the other ais i've heard so far i think there's a major issue with the root of how this artificial music's being generated so the way it works and on verge there's a video the video that i'm talking about which is called let me bring it up uh, if you go on YouTube, it's just on The Verge's channel. It's called AI co-produced Terrence Southern's new album. Terrence Southern's the girl who's like the YouTube singer slash I think American Idol contestant or voice contestant or something. But yeah, that's the name of the video. AI co-produced Southern, Terrence Southern's new album. It's part of um, a series on The Verge called The Future of Music. So if you want to check it out yourself. But anyway, they, they talk to the co-founder of amper that does all the tone generation and the thing with amper is all those guys are um ex music composers for films which is really good because they have a sense of how music works with video which is one of their main uh business initiatives in terms of branded content for companies um and everything they do is not loop generated, but it's just tone generated. So they t- they'll take like a violin and they'll sample every note of a violin. They'll take a guitar, they'll sample every note of a guitar. They'll take a drum and sample each drum, etc. And that's how they build um, the tones that they put through their algorithm. Because all of this AI music generation stuff is based on algorithms. Some use more complex uh, neural networks called convolutional neural networks others like amper just use very complex algorithms to build these compositions based on getting um samples of music over and over and over again and getting smarter with it that's a whole other podcast for somebody that knows this shit way better than me maybe like software engineering daily or something but essentially that's what it is you train this network or algorithm over and over again to have understandings of the same tones that are being generated and put into the system and the output is a composition um, based on the logic that you set so I think that's all really cool but my thing is when you listen and use Amper at least a year ago I gotta check on it now but when I played with it when I 
outputted something that was an orchestration, something that sounded like a film score, it sounded awesome. Now, awesome like a Hans Zimmer soundtrack? No. Could it spit out the next soundtrack for the next Avengers movie? No. But it sounded pretty damn good. Um, it was very, and the best stuff was like the tribally kind of action packed, you know, scene where fucking Pirates of the Caribbean, there's like waves ever crashing everywhere and they're shooting cannonballs at pirate ships and all that shit's going on and some monster comes out of the water. Like, what sounded the best was that kind of music. Um, the more subdued cinematic scores still sounded good, but a little less so. A little cheesier. And then when you got to regular music like pop or hip-hop or anything like that, uh, it sounded pretty rough. Pretty rough. And when I mean rough, I mean it just sounded corny and cheesy. And um, honestly, the samples just didn't sound very good. They sounded like weak MIDI instruments, even though they were used in... uh, they were using real instruments in a real studio. And that was the thing that I didn't quite understand about it. Because there's a lot of MIDI synths out there with like MIDI guitars. MIDI's basically a, a computer language used to arrange and compose. And then you use a wave or AIFF file as your sample and you run it through a sampler. And then the sampler matches the tones to the MIDI notes um, in the sequencer. But these amper sounds which are made in a studio just sound so cheap it reminded me of like you know when you go to a hotel or at least back in the day in the 90s early 2000s you go to a hotel and you turn on the tv and it's like the hotel's channel and they always have that like cheesy kind of hotel music um or if you listen to an audiobook from like 15 years ago and uh you get that intro music it kind of had a feel like that where it just felt super cheap. Something like this. Like like this kind of music. I'm just going to play something from an audiobook. Hear that shit? Gildan Audio presents your coach in a bo- Anyway, something like that. That's what when I played like pop music or something like that, the output sounded like it had that kind of feel. And I was just like, Oh, this is a long ways away. Um, but this isn't trying to be me shitting on the platform or anything. I think it's a really good idea. I think eventually AI music will get there. I think all AI is going to get there on some level where we're going to have to collaborate to just keep up with the Joneses. Like it's going to be part of our lives the same way our phone's part of our lives now. It's basically attached to us at the hip. Um, The more and more applications that are designed for those kinds of things and the more usefulness it has to us from a time convenience standpoint, um, the more we're going to use it, the more we're going to be stuck at the hip with it. And it's going to be basically an extension of us. Now, from an artistic standpoint, is it bad to use artificially generated music composition as a basis of inspiration for your own works i don't know i don't know i mean i listen to other stuff and get inspired from other stuff as is now so i don't know how this is any different except it doesn't belong to anybody um 
I think we're the so the idea of like a if you listen to a Led Zeppelin album that analog warmth that you hear you know with the tape hissing in the background and just the rawness of the vocals and the perfect imperfections you hear with the guitar where you hear some pick noise or you hear some weird thing going on that doesn't sound 100% clean but it works because the whole thing just has this kind of warm homey feel to it that sounds authentic I think that is going to be more and more and more rare in music I think in general music is straying away from that which sucks like when Aretha Franklin died everyone was playing Aretha Franklin music and when you listen to an Aretha Franklin recording compared to a a Beyonce recording there's no comparison that Beyonce sounds thicker it sounds fuller it sounds um crisper and more perfect and the layering of the harmony because the amount of tracks makes her voice sound super full but when you listen to Aretha Franklin it just sounds warmer it sounds more like some shit that is a Thanksgiving dinner versus a perfect five-star cooked meal that was made with like hydrocarbon and all kinds of shit to make some new innovative crazy dish that's the difference Aretha Franklin's Thanksgiving dinner Beyonce is some crazy modern contemporary forward thinking five star dish made with like dry ice and crazy flavors that have been fermented and fused together. You know, she's that kind of thing. So it's just different tastes and it's kind of sad that we're losing one of them, but we're getting the other one and we're getting it in a way that's way easier to create from scratch. Um, so that's really the main benefit of all this stuff. I'm okay with it. You know, I'm, I'm with me when it comes to AI in general. I think we will eventually get fucked from it. I think it will be something that will have detrimental effects to the notion of humans being the dominant race on the globe. But I think we're very far off from that. And I think it's inevitable at this point that that's going to happen like our fate is basically sealed so hey man i'm here to party i'm ready to roll with the punches see what happens they talked a lot about this actually on the elon musk joe rogan podcast now i'm thinking about it so this one's kind of gone full circle but um i really think that is the future i think there will be a heavy presence of artificially generated art going forward whether it be music video video effects maybe um photography which is already happening etc and uh there's no real reason to just complain about it from a purist standpoint when it comes to art because nobody cares that's the thing nobody gives a shit people only care about what's convenient innovative and opens up new doors and if it closes other doors meaning the purest art door so be it so i see that argument i do think it's a shame that real analog warm raw music will probably go the way of the dinosaur in the future but so be it it is what it is man it is what it is. I used to hate it when people said it is what it is because I felt like it was a cop-out to not explain yourself. But 
the older I get, the more I use it because there's just certain things that you cannot augment. It's just the market or the collective taking course. You know, it's millions of people believing in something, even when it might be flawed. But when you have that many people doing it, it's going to take its course. It is what it is. I might just need to live on an island or something in Hawaii. Watch it all play out for my lawn. Because this New York City lifestyle is weighing down on me a bit. When you start randomly Craigslisting apartments in random ass cities, you know there might be a problem. And with New York and me, it's starting to get to that point. Um, but anyway, yeah, artificial music. Woohoo! I think when it comes to Amper, they have a cool product and they are getting some headway as far as notoriety and PR is concerned. But I do question how they are making their original tones which is the tone generation and sample sourcing that their algorithms use to generate their content i think their content suffers because of that initial process and also the fact that they refuse to use loops i think there's a lot of cool shit that can be created artificially from using loops and twisting and augmenting those that's how hip-hop's created in the first place in a lot of ways um i don't know i don't get why they're output just sounds so rickety because it's not the execution it's not the smoothness of the note transitions from a quarter note to a half note to a 16th note or whatever it's literally the sounds themselves just sound rough and i'm sure they're getting compressed down heavily so their servers can handle the uh amount of tones in their system but if that's your issue, man, that's what's got to be fixed. Because I think the music ultimately suffers. And if you want, because I know Amper's ultimate company goal is to have Amper either assist or and collaborate or generate an Academy Award-winning score. Um, I think in order to do that, you got to fix the compression problem that muddies down the quality of the of the tones. I don't think it's going to get anywhere until you do that. And I think another company can come and do that better. They'll win in this market. Um, Because that's the product. You know what I mean? That's, that's, it's like generating fruit out of nowhere, fruit balls, right? But the fruit tastes like shit half the time. You know what I mean? It's cool. You can generate fruit balls, but if the fruit doesn't taste any good, doesn't really matter and another company can come figure out what you're doing to generate fruit bowls from out of nowhere and if they can make the fruit taste better they're going to beat you you know what i mean so that's the general issue that i'm seeing but other than that man i wish them the best i have no ill will about not (laughs) getting a job offer from them or anything like that um i think it's cool what they're doing and uh i think a lot of it's a good tool for singer songwriters when it comes to being able to flesh out an idea but i also think it promotes laziness to an extent when it comes to learning music theory this is like an alternative to learning music theory i just think you should learn some damn music theory i mean to be honest with you i forgot a lot of the music theory i did learn but i took it in college i took it all through high school and i know you know 
all of the real fundamentals, sheet, reading sheet music, scales, chords, modes, um, intervals, all that stuff. And if that gets lost, it's a huge wealth of knowledge that's just going away. And I think you can use tools like Amper better if you have that understanding more so than just using Amper as a crutch. And I think the founders would agree with that um, based on their backgrounds and based on my brief interactions with them. Um, Anyway, that's my take on AI music. To summarize, I think there's some flaws right now with how generation tone generation is is uh being executed but i think that might be a technical constraint i think the amount of compression might be uh hindering the overall effort which affects the music i also don't know how well these founders that are working on the music side at places like ibm watson and amber understand like hip-hop music and like what people like and what people want so so we'll see what happens there but overall i think there's going to be some bumps in the road with this thing being market ready and adaptable masses meaning making music people actually want to hear and use and feels good doesn't sound like the 2018 equivalent to MIDI music on an Angel Fire or GeoCities website in 2001, you know? You remember those? Um, It's still kind of in that state, but it'll work itself out in the next 10 years, I think. And overall, it's a net positive, even if it promotes some laziness. But, I mean, do people need to know their times tables as well now with how accessible calculators are? I don't think so. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's really interesting. It's an emerging market that's really worth paying attention to um, from a technology side, from an investment side, from a digital media side of things. And yeah, I, I suggest if any of you guys have any interest in that kind of thing, check it out, all eight of you. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that's all I got for this week. We're at 40 six minutes right about now so i think i'm gonna cut it hope you guys have a great week thank you guys for the support and if you haven't already subscribe to that ig page nrs underscore show and twitter nrs underscore show all right guys thanks so much i'll see you next week peace